Hey everyone, welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals you have in your life. And what next steps do you want to take to get there? Welcome to episode 44. Our guest, another good one. She is Gemma Stafford. Now she is an Irish-born chef, best-selling cookbook author, and the host of the hit online baking show, Bigger Boulder Baking. She has millions of fans on television and online. She's been a guest judge on Netflix's Nailed It, also Food Network's Best Baker in America, and multiple appearances on the Doctors TV show and on the Today Show. Now, she is a trained professional chef, and her mission is to help people around the globe become more confident, joyful bakers. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. Now, today, her Bigger, Bolder Baking is a weekly show on YouTube with more than 2.6 million subscribers and half a billion, with a B, video views to date, and has become the leading and indispensable multimedia destination for bakers. Her popular Bigger, Bolder Baking website has more than 2 million unique visitors every month and has helped her create this community of bakers of every skill level from every corner of the globe. Now, she's traveled the world. She has prepared meals in an Irish monastery. She's wrestled with a dilapidated kitchen in an Italian villa. She's worked as a pastry chef in a Michelin star San Francisco restaurant. And she's built a social following with millions of fans on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. And she's the author of a brand new book. It's fantastic. Bigger, Bolder Baking Every Day. So who's this episode for? Well, it's wide ranging. If you are a foodie, you love the Food Network, if you're comfortable in the kitchen, or maybe you're not, whether it's whipping up a tray of scones maybe for breakfast, or maybe you're thinking about an elegant dinner party cheesecake or creating weekday treats, or it's the holidays coming up, this is for you. Now, maybe you're not interested in baking. I can't imagine why, but maybe there is someone out there. <laughs> you're going to hear a lot here for entrepreneurs and what it means to take risks and to get out of your comfort zone. I'm going to let Gemma share the story. Remember, for your biggest aha, take a screenshot and also post this on Instagram at I Dare You Pod, and make sure you're tagging me and you're tagging Gemma as well. So now, everyone, episode 44, let's not wait any longer. It's ready, and so is Gemma. So here, everyone, is Gemma Stafford. Gemma, welcome to the I Dare You Podcast. It's really good to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's fantastic. All right. So you heard my introduction of you. You've done a lot. You're, you're Irish-born chef, uh, and now you're in LA. How did that all happen? Um, you know, I asked myself the same question. How did that happen? <laughs> I, I trained, uh, I grew up in Ireland. I left Ireland when I was 25 years of age. Uh, I've been here now for 15 years. I always knew very early on, and I'm talking like when I was, I was eight or nine years of age, I always knew that when I came, when I grew up, I was going to move to America. You know, in Ireland, we got a lot of American TV, a lot of American shows, and it was the most magical place in the world to me. And so far removed from like my reality of Ireland in the 80s. And um, I remember seeing like a Diane Keating movie, like late 80s. I must have been around six or seven. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to move <laughs> to America. And I had already studied professional cookery in Ireland. I went to a culinary school and I studied professional cookery. And then after that, I'm not sure if you um, have heard of this place, but it's a little, uh, it's, it is little, but it's known all over the world, Ballymaloo Cooking School. It was voted the top cooking school in the whole world. It's absolutely amazing. For, for those of you who do know it, they know how special it is. So I was very fortunate to go there after I graduated college. Going to Ballymaloo opened up a lot of doors for me. And after 
I left Ballymaloo. I just started to travel. I, I went, I worked in uh, Tuscany as a private chef. I did a ski season in Australia. I was hellbent. I, I, at a very young age, I was hellbent on coming to the United States. And when I did 15 years ago, I came over to do a bread apprenticeship in, uh, in, so in uh, South Lake Tahoe. Oh my gosh. They have a which bread is, is apprenticeship? Kind of bread apprenticeship in, in Tahoe, which is very random. Um, yes. I had been bitten by the bug, you know, we, you know, being in South Lake Tahoe, you're so close to San Francisco. I thought to myself, like, that's, this is, I'm going to, the, my next step where I'm going to graduate to is I'm going to go to San Francisco. Uh-huh. So after Tahoe, I, I moved to San Francisco and I got a job in um, a, a restaurant called Spruce. It's a Mission Star restaurant in uh, Pacific Heights. And I worked there uh, on their pastry team for a year. And, uh, you know, it was a fantastic job, especially when moving to a city where I didn't know anybody. I didn't, as they say in Ireland, I didn't know a sinner. So it was really incredible experience to make friends. You know, Mission Star restaurants are, aren't where young cooks make their money. And... I, I struggled very hard to pay my rent in a very expensive city. I rented a tiny, tiny, if I'm trying to think of the, whatever the size of this room is, a tiny room in San Francisco for like $600 a month. And I could barely afford my rent because oh I, I was, I was earning minimum wage, you know, and um, I really had no choice but to quit my job because I came to a point where I could barely afford to 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 live after rent I had I had nothing to I had no backup so I I quit my job and I started a catering business and I found a company a tech company on Market Street in San Francisco looking for a caterer and to cater breakfasts from that one client I I built a catering business that I only ran for around uh, two and a half years or so and I picked up other clients um, like Silicon Valley based companies around uh, the Bay Area. And it was pretty down and dirty, but uh, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot, uh, earned a lot more money than I did as a as a junior, uh, as a pastry chef. Wow. And um, it was at that stage I met my husband. And that's kind of where the bigger, bolder baking journey began. He um, has a pretty uh, colorful background. He's, he worked at Lucasfilm. And he worked at Pixar uh, marketing uh, Star Wars and marketing some of their big movies. And That's pretty good background. That's pretty good background. Good, I know. I, 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 I hitched, what should they say? I hitched my car, uh, my car, <laughs> car to the right horse or to whatever it is. Yeah, not but, bad. Um, we had, we uh, had just gotten married and he'd said to me, I want to produce something. Because he always told me he wants to make movies. And he told me, I want you to produce something. And I want to produce something with you in it. And um, it's nice. Good compliment. It was it was a nice compliment. And I kind of thought to myself, well, I hope that's to do with baking, because that's literally the only <laughs> thing I know how to do. Like people often ask us, how did it come about? How did Bigger Boulder Baking begin? And right. it was literally Kevin saying to me, I want to produce a show and I want you to host it. And like never in my, in my I'm not a theatrical person. I never I never have uh, dreams of. Uh, acting or hosting or being in front of a camera for the longest time. I didn't like to get my picture taken. And, but the one thing I knew how to do was bake and I loved it. And I loved to teach 
And I thought if I'm going to get through this, I'm going to have to like that. I'm just going to have to come at it from that aspect. And um, so we moved to L.A. 10 years ago and from a little kitchen, we rented a house in Santa Monica, a lovely little house. Yes. And from that kitchen and then we kind of just said, listen, if we're going to start making uh, videos, we're just going to have to start doing it. So we we just um, took a leap and we started producing videos, just Kevin and I out of our small kitchen in Santa Monica and no subscribers, no viewers, no (laughs) social footprint, like nothing. The two of us didn't have. We didn't have a clue what we were doing. We just said to ourselves, listen, we're not experts at this. There's other people who are already doing it. Let's just make sure that we, because Kevin is a marketing guy. So let's just make sure our, we're, we're positioning ourselves as a professional, you know, you're a professional chef, which there wasn't professional chefs really back on YouTube uh, all those that. years ago. There, there wasn't that. at the beginning, like it wasn't good. You know, we had uh, terrible <laughs> no. lighting. I, I didn't blink for uh, like the for the first few episodes because nobody told me to blink, so I didn't. Oh, that's so funny. That's so good. And you know, we just um, we just we 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 just said, listen, we're going to make mistakes, so let's make them fast and learn from them and move on. And that was the beginning. That's unbelievable. Well, in that description, there are oh my gosh, there's three hours of content I need to follow. I know. Up on. I'm sorry. I, no, that's so good. There's so many learnings there. So let me just ramble for a second. So you are an entrepreneur, but you're, you overcame this. You didn't say it, but you know you were never a, a media pro, but you had a certain purpose and a mission for wanting to do this. In fact, I was reading about you on, uh, or maybe it's something you said on a podcast, but your lifelong dream of teaching people my trade. And that feels like that's what, well, I'll ask you, did that help you then confront or just a dive right in saying, this is what I want to do and it's worthwhile. And this, this fills a need or a niche in, in the world. Am I going too yeah. far? No, absolutely. Because that was the research that we did was um, what, what kind of content is out there? And we saw a lot of box cakes mixes, mixed, mixed box cake with a can of seven up on yeah. YouTube all those years ago. And <laughs> that there was, was craziness that was going on. Yeah, it was you, was it? <laughs> um, but so we were like, there, there is a niche here for good food from professional. Yeah. And that's where, that's where we made our in. And, and the only way I was able to present and to perform was, it's like, listen, I, I, I'm not an actress. I don't know that world. I'm actually quite shy. I, I wouldn't say I'm an introvert now at this stage. I think that would be a bit of a lie, but I, I don't um I don't I don't I'm not a big fan of attention and I don't and I don't go looking for it. Right. So but the only way I could get through hosting a show and a camera being on me and Kevin staring at me was if my my language is baking, this is what I speak, this is what I know. So if I could just zone it and just get like in the zone and talk to you about like why a bread dough does what it does and talk you through those motions, then at the end of that you have an episode. That's good. You know? Um well, so that's what I did. Seems to have worked 350 million times. Your videos have been viewed 350 million. I'm not a social media expert or digital expert. That sounds like a lot. (laughs) And you have more than (laughs) 8 million fans. You've been featured on numerous TV shows, guest judge on Food Network's Best Baker, nailed it on Netflix. Seems that that authentic type um, approach and your strategy here seems to have paid off. Is that how you look at it? What would you have done differently is really my question. What would I have done differently? You know, it's a really good question. The one thing that like authentic, authentic, authenticity 
was something that back when we were starting, it was just like, there was a few things like, hey, listen, we saw this channel on YouTube. She's making Disney princess cakes. We saw this other girl make um, a Pikachu cake, got 100 million views. And it was just like, (laughs) that's not what I do. I don't do that. I don't make characters of things. I can tell you, uh, like I worked in, I worked in uh, Michelin star restaurants. I worked in five-star restaurants around the world. It's like, I, I, that's not what I do. So let me stick to what I do. And, you know, sometimes those videos didn't get all the most views. Um, but that's, that is more true to who I am. You know, I follow you on Instagram and I just saw you made a great recipe, um, pecan pie in a cup, single serve. Yeah. Thank you for that. Unbelievable. <laughs> Life-changing. So make sure, and we'll talk about your social media, where to follow you, but uh, make sure you do follow uh, Gemma on Instagram. Uh, you brought up the boulder baking. And what is what is bold baking? Let's define that. It's a good question because um, in, in Ireland, to be bold is to be naughty. So if you, you know, um, you're, you know, uh, a bold, a bold child, you know, you'd often say like, a ch- you know, a child is bold or whatever. That's very bold. But being bold is also about taking risks. And, um, you know, that's, that's a little bit of, you know, when, when we, when we created the brand, because my husband's a brand guy um, and a marketing guy and about positioning. So it's like, we, you know, a lot of thought went into um, what do we call ourselves and how do we position ourselves? And, the word bold came up over and over again. And it was just that um, taking risks and just doing something outside of the box and being brave. People just kind of got it, you know, even at the beginning, I'll tell you, like I I knew the meaning, but at at the beginning when we first started creating content, you know, our audience, once we kind of, like you just mentioned, we started making the mug cakes, for instance, which was our first viral video. Um, when we started doing our two ingredient ice cream, which was like our second viral video, these two now still nine years later are our biggest in the tens of millions of views. And when we did those, people were kind of like, oh, now I get it. Now I know what bold baking is. I see. You know, um, and then randomly they started calling themselves bold bakers. So when we would talk to our fans um, in the chat and on Facebook and on YouTube and whatever, they would call themselves bold bakers. And never did I say bold bakers in a video. I don't think, and even in my all my years of my husband's experience as um, a marketer would have been able to get a community to, to, to say your brand back to you. Oh my and gosh. here they were calling themselves bold bakers. And we were like, we'll take us. That's it. Perfect. That's when you know, right? That's when you know yeah. when, you're, when you form the community and it just happens. That's when you know you're onto something. So your book, first, first off, when you came to the United States, see if I have this right. Your first book, Bigger, Bolder Baking, that was your first book. And now you have your second book, Bigger, Bolder Baking Every Day. I'm, um, what is the difference between the two books and what have, how is it different? How are you different from one book to the next? That's a great question because I had to think about that a lot, you know, and, um, you know, the, the first book was a little bit of the beginning, uh, of my journey until the beginning of bigger, bolder baking and this, uh, bigger, bolder baking every day is where I am right now. I'm older. Uh, I'm wiser and I'm a better chef for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and a lot of it, it, it is, it, it solely comes down to the fact that I've spent years in my kitchen now 
you know, YouTube doesn't take a break. Week after week, we're churning out videos. And then we have our website, biggerbolderbaking.com. And we have um, a couple thousand recipes on there. We are constantly um, creating new content on a, on a daily, I'd say almost on a daily basis. Sure. And um, between being in the kitchen and a lot of feedback and learnings that we got from our audience, I'm just, I'm much smarter than what, than I was when, uh, when, even when, when I left professional kitchens, I know so much more and I'm a better chef now, now for it. And I really feel like this bigger bowl baking every day is an elevated version of the first, first book. And it's where I am now as, as a better chef, I think. Oh, that's great. Now this book is incredible. You have 125 all new, all new recipes. Um, plus you also added in some fan favorites, but really the, see if I got the positioning right. You are really baking your way through this busy week. And I have to tell you that that feels like a bit of a, um, God, well, what am I trying to say? A bit of a dichotomy or in today's world, which is all about convenience and uh, having you know food delivered right to your door, prepared, you're really saying it differently. Why do you believe that? And what would you say to the skeptic saying, I don't have time to bake? That, you know, we, a lot of this, like I said, I like, I learned so much from our audience. A lot of this comes from the feedback. We, we've, we have uh, myself and a team, uh, uh, a few folks on my team, we answer comments around the clock every single day from all over the world. And we're like this database for a lot of baking knowledge and a baking queries. Really? And we know we've learned from over the years, there's a lot of different bakers out there. There are the guys who want something fast. And um, there are the, the I want to say like, the, like my mom in Ireland uh, on a Tuesday, she will make a batch of scones because somebody's coming over for coffee. <laughs> then there are people who just bake for dinner parties. Um who just need a recipe. And then there, there are families who make uh, dessert, you know, throughout the week, like um, something nice, which is what we had growing up, uh, like midweek family favorites. So I broke out the book to try as hard as I might. I tried to cover every occasion uh, that you would have throughout the week. So I broke down the book into chapters of breakfast in minutes, uh, afternoon tea, um, which is a little bit more luxurious. It's so you have a little bit more time. You're having a little bit more of a special occasion over. There's weeknight family favorites, which were desserts that like I grew up with that are a little bit more accessible. They're less time. They're not as many ingredients. It's not as fancy. And you still get a lovely something sweet and it won't have taken it like as much work. And then we have um special so we have uh dinner party desserts which uh you know you see the the uh, evolution in the book of uh even there's different a tone a different vibe in e each chapter where we, when you get to the dinner party desserts it's a little bit darker it's a little bit moodier there's a few glasses of wine in, the, in that nice. photography <laughs> and um, you know the, the desserts are a little bit more elegant um a little bit more sophisticated like the kids have gone to bed there's a little there's you know there's a ramen there's a ramen raisin semi fredo there's a little bit of booze in there um a little you know darker chocolate like all this sort of stuff and then on the weekend i think about myself and people that we hear from you know, we put out a recipe and we hear back from people. Oh, great. It's Tuesday. I'll make this on the weekend. I'll make this on Saturday when I have time. So I focused a chapter on the weekend, few chapters 
of leisurely weekend breaks, uh, ba- excuse me, bakes. And uh, those are yeasted doughs. That's a chapter full of yeasted doughs, which we didn't have in the first book. We didn't have any yeasted doughs. So um, it is something that you can start on a Saturday and finish on a Sunday. And, um, you know, they're, they're, that's just for the baker who wants a little, who has the time to do it. We didn't do those like early in the week. And then we have also on the weekend, um, weekend brunch, which is uh, family and friends and pancakes and all sorts of stuff. So I really tried to be as inclusive as possible. And regardless of your time constraint, be it short or long or whatever, in the book, there's something for everybody. Yeah, I think you accomplished it. I have to tell you, one of the things I appreciate about the book is you have these pro chef baking tips and there's so many cool ahas in there that I just go, oh, of course, that's fantastic. So I love those and I love the baking FAQs. And I let me just tell you what I think. You tell me if I'm wrong. There's a gen, the younger generation has, I'm not sure, uh, maybe they just don't bake as much as they used to. There's been a maybe a loss in some of that desire to bake and some of the things that have passed on from parents or moms and grandmothers. And am I off base on that? Am I just falling into a, a conventional wisdom here? But I love how you've really simplified things for those of us who just don't know what we're doing in the kitchen. At least we think we don't. No, you're not. You're not wrong. And this is we've seen it all. We absolutely have seen it all. And that's why, for instance, you mentioned the mug cakes earlier and the mug meals. That's why we had such success with those. Um, they, we, what we call them is uh, an introduction to baking. Yeah. And that those recipes for us sparked um, a bit of like a joy uh, for, for younger generations to get into the kitchen. Uh, they weren't allowed to use the oven, maybe. They weren't allowed to have access to a lot of ingredients in case it all went wrong. Right. I'm answering your question now. I think I might have gone off a little bit on a tangent. Oh, but when I was young... I spent my weekends baking. I spent the evenings baking. I wasn't academic, not by a long shot. I I was the worst student. I really struggled in school. But the one thing I loved to do and that I was getting better at was to bake. Nice. And I just know what a valuable tool that is, be it a pastime, be it your career, be it something you just do for fun or you just do it at Christmas. It's it's something that it's a, it's a skill that you only if you with practice you only get better at. So um, like I just really I hope like it brings me so much joy, and I I just want to like share what I've learned and the the, the things I've done wrong absolutely and things I've done right and then just share that with everybody. That, that's what I appreciate about you. It's so authentic and just so real, and uh, that I think that breaks through clearly from the success that that you're having. I was telling John before recording started recording my daughter. Um, she has her. She loves you. She loves. Uh, she loves baking. She has her own Instagram page. But the way she talks about baking, she loves butter, and she talks yeah. about how she loves desserts and how it's just worth it. It's it's worth the calories, and it's it's just an experience for her. It's relaxing. It's therapeutic. It's it takes her back to when she was a child baking with her grandmother. And you're not just in the kitchen to make something to eat. It's it's a whole different experience as a as a chef. What is there about baking? You know, I think that so the one thing we all this is why my mom said to me when I when I went off to train to go to college, she said to me, you'll, you'll never be out of a job ever. And for good or bad I wasn't. And um it's because everybody has to eat. 
And the one thing, and you know, you hear this uh, time and time again, the one thing that connects us all is food. And one of the, when you talk, especially about when people talk about their childhood, uh, it's food memories. It's always food memories. And I have the most wonderful food memories growing up in Ireland. And, you know, dark, dark winter nights coming home from school. It's four o'clock in the afternoon and it's pitch black. And my mom making rice pudding and Eve's pudding and traditional recipes and bread pudding. And, oh. um, you know, it, it really, in, in a lot of houses, it really like brings people together. And I know people say this a lot, but it's just so true that like food memories are some of the nicest food memories that just bring you back to like a warm, comforting time and usually around friends and family. So I think, you know, this is why we've had such, such success. It just strikes accord with people um, around the world. And uh, it's great to see. And I hear a lot in America, you know, I would make a recipe that's very traditional Irish. We don't do this very often because I always said no one's going to really like that except an Irish audience because they don't really know what it is. It's it's like even a like a bread that comes from County Waterford that unless you're from Ireland, you don't know about this bread. And we um, we put a recipe up on my website and people, Americans, went nuts for it. <laughs> and it's not because they'd ever had it. It was because their granny came from Waterford or they'd heard of us or they hadn't heard of us, but they wanted to get more in touch with their Irish roots. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just what uh, it's the food, they call the great equalizer. It just, you know, it really, yeah. we, we all like, we all, we all need to eat and it all like brings us together. So like, for, like I said, like food memories are just so strong, so prominent and, in the book, in Bigger Boulder Baking Every Day, when you read the headers, a lot of that are, is me walking down memory lane, mostly in Ireland in the kitchen. Oh boy, that's beautiful. And by the way, you're from a beautiful country. I've only been to Ireland once, but I tell everyone this, I want to go back because the people there were just so nice. And I'm sure you've heard this your whole life and yeah. you see, you seem very nice. <laughs> everyone there, <laughs> everyone there, everyone there was just so delightful. Um, and so, yeah. and it is, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, story that you have. With I each love one. to hear that. Yeah, yeah it, Ireland is fantastic. It, it really is like for, for visitors and it really, because my husband is American, he's from California. And I went, I went back with, when, after we got married, I went back with him and we did a little tour of the country. And I saw it. I was like, people are super nice to him because in yeah. Ireland, we, we think of Americans are like these mythical creatures. We'd like, wow, you come from this, an amazing world. It's a country that is nothing like ours. And um, I love to hear when, when they, people tell me that they got treated so well. And I've oh. seen it and it, it's true. And it's a wonderful country to go visit. Yes, it is. All right. So now we're entering this new year. Um, and I, I have a new year to be a new year, new me. Want to drop a few pounds. And when I look at the recipes in your book, uh, you cover every, every, you know, every, everything from breakfast to dinner, uh, dinner party desserts. What about for those who want to enjoy this, but also eat a bit healthier? Do you cover that as well? You know, I, that's, there's a few in there that are, uh, you know, for specific diets, there's a lot of gluten-free stuff. If you're talking about, um, you, you know, kind of, uh, healthy recipes, I'll tell you what I tell myself on a daily basis <laughs> is every, <laughs> go, is you everything, go. 
<laughs> everything in moderation, including moderation. <laughs> well, which is, is a so little refreshing. bit of what you like. <laughs> that is so refreshing. I was hoping that's what you would tell me. So I... <laughs> there's a saying, there's a saying, and I've got another saying for you. Ready for another one? Yeah. Um, I made him sure I get this right. For oh my gosh, now I'm forgetting what what whiskey and butter won't cure. There's no cure for. <laughs> um, so I don't shy away from either of those things. Well, look, some of the recipes, sticky maple walnut morning buns, uh, breakfast brioche buns. You have me right there. Carrot cake pancakes with cream cheese frosting. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, they're yummy. Uh, I'm sold. Uh, I'm sold. So the book, everyone, is Bigger, Bolder, Baking Every Day. Uh, Gemma, how, how should we be following you uh, to keep, you're doing a lot, a lot of content, a lot of media. How should we follow you to stay in touch with all the great things you're doing and be a bolder baker? I would say, honestly, um, so my website, biggerbolderbaking.com, you can sign up for my newsletter there. And that really keeps you in touch of what I'm doing. And then also on Instagram, Gemma underscore Stafford. Um, that's where I post baking, but then also uh, my life here in LA, my uh, the shenanigans that I, I use that word that my two and a half year old gets up to and the dog and and, and everything that uh, that we do on, a, on, the, on the daily <laughs> So Gemma, if I look back at your career path, and I'm shortening it, obviously, but going from Ireland, the United States, 24 years old, entrepreneur, taking risks, doing things when there was no one doing it before, I think you're the perfect per person to ask, what would your advice be or your I dare you challenge for this vast audience, those that are thinking about maybe chasing down a big goal or getting out of their comfort zone? What have you learned? What's, what's your advice for everyone, for all of us? You know... It's very, it's very simple. We, over the years, it was not easy. We had myself and my husband, we had a lot of ups and downs. Like at the beginning, we had no viewers. We had quit our jobs. We had um, put all of our money into what we were doing. And we didn't know if it was good. We, we, you know, we, we, we always knew it would work. And there was times that we'd look at each other and we'd say like, are we crazy? And the answer was, yes, we were. We were crazy to do what we did, but we always knew it would work. We always knew we would work and we never gave up. And it might be very simple advice, but it, and you know, and this was over the years, we, we thought to ourselves like, gosh, are we mad to do this? And we never gave up and we just kept on striving for more and more and more. And, and here we are. And we, and we still will strive for more and, and, and we'll keep on going. Um, but we never doubted the decision that we made, uh, as crazy as it was. It's a lot of lessons there. Uh, taking action and being, here's what I hear in your story too, being authentic, taking action and staying with it and just yeah. staying true to who you are seems to be a recipe uh, for success. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I also heard that you are an Office fan. Is that true? And who is oh. your favorite Office character? You can only pick one. You can only pick uh, one. That's not fair. Uh, I'm the biggest Office fan. Um, I, do you know what? You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to. I'm actually going to say. I, I think this is a question I think about often. I think Dwight might be my biggest. I, I tell you why. He has such great storylines. He's got great one-liners. He is such a fantastic character. And, 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 you know, Michael went season seven or whatever, and, you know, Dwight was all the way throughout and it ended on Dwight's story. So it was like, I'm going, Dwight was an amazing character. So I'm going to say Dwight. 
It's great. That's a tough one. That's a t- I, I don't know how I would answer that. For me, my, <laughs> it, it kind of ebbs and flows depending on the season, I'm sure. Uh, so I'm copping yeah. out, but I, I'll, I'll give you that. All right. Well, Gemma, this has been a lot of fun uh, spending time with you. I want to thank you. You're a very, very busy mom and doing a lot of cool things in your life. And thank you for spending time uh, here on the I Dare You podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. That was absolutely lovely. Okay, everyone, that's Gemma Stafford. You're probably in the kitchen right now preparing some sticky buns or cinnamon rolls or something close to that. I'm glad you are. What did you learn from Gemma? There's a lot there. First off, make sure you're following her on all of her channels. Uh, She is just so authentic on whether that be on YouTube or TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You're going to love her. Also, with the holidays coming up, bigger, bolder baking every day. I got to tell you, it's going to make for a fantastic stocking stuffer or for yourself. Give it to yourself and make some of these recipes. You're going to look like a star. Now, for me, one of my biggest takeaways and reminders is that you can, through persistence and consistency and really finding your niche and your brand and sticking with it, you can create something special. You don't have to have dominant expertise into something. Gemma didn't have uh, social media experience or YouTube experience or wasn't even comfortable in front of a camera, but yet... She had a vision and a mission for what she wanted to do. She knew baking, and it was her. And she let that be her North Star as she took her next steps to achieve the dreams and the goals that she has for herself, for her family. And look what happens. The community is rallying around Gemma and the old principles of being a Boulder baker. I think it's just fantastic. And we can all learn a lot from Gemma and Kevin and what they're building. So now that you listened, make sure you share this episode with others. Maybe it's someone who loves great food and loves baking. Or maybe you want to drop them a hint (laughs) to become a better baker or a Boulder baker. Make sure you do share this episode with others. They're going to love it. Hey, did you know I just got notified by Spotify that the I Dare You podcast is one of the top 15% of podcasts that are subscribed to. That's pretty cool. Uh, and so here's your reminder. Make sure you're, you're subscribing to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. I forgot to mention too, Spotify also let me know that we are among the top 10% of all podcasts that are shared globally. Not too shabby, right? So we're excited about that and we're going to build from there. So that was episode 44. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Get ready now for episode 45 next week. Another great guest. We're finishing it up. I can't wait for you to hear it. I'll see you right back here next week.